Welcome to the Coaching Focus podcast. I'm Trayton Vance, CEO and founder of Coaching Focus. I've been coaching for over 25 years and I wanted to share that experience and those lessons learned with you. I will converse with fellow coaches, chief executive officers, senior leaders and HR professionals to bring you insight into how coaching is being used, the current thinking around coaching and new ideas that will hopefully ignite your thinking and help to facilitate coaching for a better tomorrow. So I'm here today with two star students from Bath University, Anna and Ben, and both of them have done a literature review on whether good followership leads to good leadership. So I'd like to welcome both Ben and Anna to the podcast. It's fantastic to be here. Thank you, Trayton. Thank you. Amazing to be here. And I'm going to ask them quite simply just to talk about their literary review and the key learnings they got around whether good followers make good leaders. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, of course. So um, for this project, we had to evaluate the statement of whether great followers went, you know, um, enable great leaders. We took that perspective of whether followers can enable great leaders as opposed to whether the follower themselves will turn into a good leader because we thought that the investigating the dynamic would be very important based on how organisations are working at the moment where you've got one particular figure, let's say at the top, and they'll stay in that position for a while. Um, so for example, now looking at Elon Musk in Twitter, it seems like he's very much so embedded himself into that position. So whether his followers, you know, sort of enable him to be great or where does this like greatness come from, for example? Yeah. And I guess your logic is then was Elon Musk a great follower before he came the leader that he is? Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. that's worth it's worth like examining. And so for this we looked at a, like a variety of perspectives and theories, such as individual differences, um, looking at socialization. Uh, Anna particularly looked at motivation as well. Um, I don't know, if, were there any other perspectives, Anna, that we looked at? Um, I think the main ones did draw on the importance of socialising your followers well within a company. And the leader does take a role in enabling that process, mm. but it's the followers' like willingness to engage with what the leader has to offer that really helps build this organisational culture. And back to another perspective of kind of motivation you're saying a lot of um, companies these days that are struggling to keep motivation levels up especially you know post-covid people having to navigate themselves working from home and then coming back into the office so the question of kind of how do we maintain this standard throughout has really been brought about in the kind of recent research and having this kind of understanding that uh, the leaders can motivate the followers, but again, the followers also motivate the leaders. And we, a large conclusion of uh, this review was understanding that both followers and leaders are two parts in, in this dynamic relationship. Okay. Um, so we explored that a bit more with uh, a key example of Netflix, which has one you know, large CEO in the company but it very much works on the basis that it's given authority, trust to its followers um, to, in a way of empowering them and bringing motivation levels back up. So a lot of the decision-making, for example, happens without the presence of the leader because they've 
both work together to create this environment where they feel motivated enough by their organisational culture to bring success for the company. Okay, so what I'm hearing here, there's there's two key parts, followership mm. and leadership. Mm. And you need both parts to create that high-performance, empowered, agile, adaptive environment. And, and both are required rather than just having one mm. separately. Okay, um, and what were the key... Uh, I guess, attributes for followers to create that empowerment? And what was it that those successful leaders were doing to develop that followership? Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, it does come down to intrinsic motivation from both sides. You know, if people are intrinsically motivated to reach the company's or organizational, the organization's goals, then they will perform. They will perform to the best of their ability. And so for this, we looked at things like individual differences, such as traits. So whether someone's, whether our followers openness to obedience, let's say, makes them a great follower or whether, let's say, a leader's, you know, intelligence lends them to being a great leader. But we found that there are, there are also situational variables that come into this as well. So using only an individual differences, traits perspective was not enough to, to boil down to say that oh, one type of people, one type of person is a good follower and one type of person is a good leader. Um, yeah. So, so it was a sort of a, I guess, a code that was connected that one would impact the other. Okay, great. And, and what was, did you look at that sort of code that where there was sort of alignments where the magic then was created between the leader and the follower? I think that largely uh, comes down to the socialisation processes that happen within yeah. a company. So like Ben said, uh, a great follower might be you know, have high willingness to learn and engage. But if the leader doesn't utilize that within to create this kind of team together that where the followers feel involved, they feel part of the team, they, again, build this intrinsic motivation to work and they feel they have this like group identity built within them. That's kind of the thing that helps bring it all together. Okay. And and the group identity is... The same as socialising? Is that? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. So tell me, if you wouldn't mind, tell me more, Anna, about socialising and that group identity and what you discovered around how so, leaders or organisations create that. So it's a key theory within social psychological research, I'd say. Um, it very much works around the basis that when people feel like they belong somewhere, yep. they're more likely to put in the effort towards working for a certain goal they're more likely to do something out of the interest for the team rather than self kind of motivation yeah and in a company setting that comes becomes very useful because when it comes to kind of one person doing their own thing another person doing their own thing and so forth you really want to be able to bring together everyone to ensure that that company vision is at the center of everything that they do and by creating this identity around the company vision you're really enabling that culture where people feel like i my work is for the benefit of this larger kind of company goal so there's two things going on here then it's not just about a feeling of belonging mm. but it's feeling part of and contributing to a vision that is worth belonging to yeah yeah okay great so just to build on that as well, one thing that we looked at that was really important and that sort of did consistently come up in terms of 
what was a good leader from the socialization process was a leader that was like prototypical of the organization. So they are essentially the, the, the best figurehead for that organization that followers would look up to this person and they would see the values of the business instilled within this individual. So they would see the hardworking nature of the business found within the leader. They found the, the feeling of inclusivity found from the leader as well. So the leader essentially embodied the values and the characteristics of the organization. And therefore these followers believed and they supported this leader to, to be in charge. Okay. So, uh, I mean, I see that a lot in organizations where organizations will ask people, followers to uh, live the values and align to the values. I, I guess it assumes the values that are there that people want to align to. So was there any research that showed that there are particular values that people engage with most or align to and, and felt aligned, you know, belonging to those elements? I don't think we particularly investigated that, but I think that is definitely like a future area of research. You, I mean, I know from personal experience of doing yeah. kind of all the personality tests and in applications for internships and stuff, the company values do come up. Like I'd say it would be kind of honesty, trust, hard work, communication, and um, I think diversity as well has become a very much highlighted in recent research as yeah. being a key company value. So, yeah, it's having that understanding of kind of what it is that companies actually strive for, but then also having someone embodying that okay. so people can look up to, which was what we found important. So what you're finding then is that the followers need a purpose, which they engage with, that the values align to that purpose, and that they are shown and lived by leaders. And where leaders were doing that, then the followers would be drawn to and attracted to that type of leadership and, and a feeling of belonging within the organisation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely something to aspire to as well, that, that the leader is perhaps someone that the followers could aspire to become mm -hmm. and that within the organisation, the, these organisational values that could exist were could be the chances to learn, personal development, feeling like they belong and not being afraid to reach out for help okay. um, from the leader or from other people in leadership positions. So. Yeah really the chance to flourish in an organization as, as opposed to just being stagnant within one role. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, the ability to develop, learn, and you know, maybe climb the career ladder at the organization. So it's not just belonging and it's not just aligning to a vision that they believe in, but it's also an environment, uh, an opportunity to grow and to flourish in line with that, that mm -hmm. purpose. Okay, great. And were there things that were negative Impacts. We've talked about all the positive things that need to be present, but things that would be there that would have a, a negative impact. Uh, so one thing that we, we were talking about, I think, um, especially yeah, with Elon Musk at Twitter, that was a good example that we touched upon was that just because there is a great leader doesn't mean that there will be great followers because a leader can think they're great. They may have the, the characteristics and, and every, everything like that, but the situation can dictate a lot of different things as well. Yeah. It can bring a lot of other factors, variables into the scenario where you can get a lot of disagreement from followers, you can get pushback from followers. So you may be a great leader, but if your followers, <clears throat> if your followers aren't engaged or they're not happy at the moment and there's, there's discontent, then the leader and other leaders within the organization will have to find a way to sort of try and balance that and understand that because yeah, there's not a one-to-one -one correlation of 
of a great leader and a great follower and, no. and the other way around. Yeah. And a great, I guess what we've seen over the last couple of years is this sort of rebalance of power mm. where followers have a lot more power now than just that authoritative approach of leadership. And they are starting, as we're seeing, not just Twitter, but with other organisations, followers are pushing back and taking you know, action to prove their point or put their point across of that, uh, their rights, etc. Okay. Was there anything else that the negative side of things showed up that leaders and followers need to be aware of? Just that even in today's society, it very much still follows the traditional approach of this kind of great man theory, which comes up a lot in research where you've got the leader, which is usually depicted as a strong male, um, confident, etc. That is the big leader, he does all the work, and that's how it goes so forth. So the, the traditional kind of scope of there's one person in charge, and that's how it flows, is kind of the negative we found because it's very hard to push against that kind of stereotype and that prototype that's been set out by yeah. traditional kind of theories. But there's a lot of growing effort to create these like organizational cultures where people yeah. feel like they can thrive and again creating this balance between both followers and leaders because at the end of the day they are two very key parts of the company and one can't exist without, without the other without the other yeah so i'd say from the negative side of things it's just more there needs to be push forward and, and i find that and i find that that point fascinating because the world of work has changed a lot mm. But we still hang on to this, if I may use the term, that traditional view mm. of leadership, where leadership, followership, male-dominated, confident type things. And you're a, you know, a, a young female, mm. um, just about to step out of campus in, into corporate. Yeah. What, what are your sort of hopes and fears for the leadership that you might experience um, when you go into that world? I'd say. It's definitely that kind of ideal of, I want to be taken seriously as, you know, as an educated person who's, you know, I've, I've done an undergrad, I'm doing a master's, I'm really interested in organizational psychology and I've done this leadership course and it's something that I really aspire to. Yeah. But again, it's like, am I going to uh, receive any backlash from kind of people's traditional mindsets? Um, but at the same time, I can't let myself be hindered by that because the whole point of me being a good leader is showing people another style to kind of, what it, how can we do better? What yeah. can we improve? Why aren't we trying something new? Yeah. So I think in a way it would be hindering myself if I let myself be influenced by people's traditional views without giving them the chance to see that perhaps maybe there are better ways to do it. Yeah. And I, I guess people need to understand and engage with those better ways. Mm. But it's difficult to do that if we don't know what those better ways mm. are. Mm. So from both of your perspective, what do you think those better ways will, if you like, that new leadership model will become in, in the future? I think it'll be an interaction between the roles of someone in a leadership position for using management management perspectives, leadership perspectives and coaching perspectives. So, for example, if it gets to a point where a follower is trying to develop 
the leader is becoming more of a coach and seeing how how they can support development as opposed to a manager who would instruct development with just saying, go and do this course, this is what you need to do. So someone that is proactively seeking to help and mentor someone through that journey, through the development journey, to help them play their best game in that organization to you know fulfill their fulfill their potential within that role. Um, and being a leader as well and encouraging further leadership as well, encouraging other people to step up where they can. And then obviously being a manager where they have to, being being in a disciplinary position if they need to be, being assertive, managing their people in the best way possible. But also people being aware of their own biases and understanding their yeah, so their their anchorings and sort of where they may always pick certain things. So familiarity bias, if you're always picking certain people to be on the same team, really being aware of that and trying to shape that up a bit to give other people an equal opportunity as well, I'd say. So so leaders that are more understanding, more human orientated, more emotionally intelligent and appreciating how to not only ask people what to do, but how to develop and grow and allow those people to flourish and get them excited about a, a purpose and values which mean something to them and, and the organisation. And I think that's where the change will happen. Having this kind of more people-centred approach will create these organisational cultures where they're a lot healthier and people want to go into work because they like the work that they're doing. You know, you've got so many issues recently with extreme burnout, fatigue, and having this kind of up-down, up-down cycle mm. within workplaces. But if you look at kind of the more root problems of it, it can be attributed to kind of leadership problems, um, miscommunication between followers and leaders. And largely that's probably due to the fact that the person approach can sometimes get lost for the sake of task performance, company mm. success. Mm. But just taking a step back and understanding we're both very much involved in this scenario. We're both people. We're striving for the same goal. Yeah. If we're just a bit more understanding about each other's input, output, and how we work as a team, yeah. I think that's where real change is going to happen. In the and I guess what you're saying is a relationship, it's a partnership that creates a community, not just on a one-to-one -one basis, but within a group of people that we're all trying to achieve, this, achieve the same thing, which we all agree on and are passionate about. And we need to work together, lead and follow together as well. Definitely. Yeah. This really outlines the importance of intrinsic motivation within followers, within leaders, and they both support one another. I guess that was, you know, one of the, con one of the conclusions of our project, that intrinsic motivation is so important at helping people be driven to do their job to the best of their ability, mm -hmm. as opposed to turning in to clock in nine to five and then go home doing bare minimum whilst also scraping by. Um, but, but within this, if they are intrinsically motivated, they will, people will perform at their best and they will go home feeling like they have achieved if they, if they are also recognised. So that, so that brings in the, the people-centred approach as well. Yeah. And what, and what I'm picking up from you, Ben and Anna, is that that's both from both sides, both from the leader and both from the follower for the leader to motivate and for the follower to be motivated, but creating both parties, creating the right environment and community in which that will allow to flourish. Mm. Thank you. So one of the, just to finish off, if I may, one of the questions that I ask all my guests is 
What's your perspective or view on what coaching for a better tomorrow means? I think just from attending all the sessions, it's been a real insight into realizing not only my own potential, but the potential for if, you know, this becomes a, a norm and really implemented in company cultures. The potential for growth, because it's such a interesting way of approaching a problem and helping people and again feeling part of a team and yeah i'm excited to see where it leads and implementing kind of what i've learned actively and making a difference yeah and making a difference igniting some change yeah fantastic and for you ben um i think the power like just the power of conversation from coaching because the, the coach themselves, you know, you speak about the advice monster. The coach themselves doesn't have to say exactly what you need to do. But someone as a coach being there for someone who's the coachee, the sheer power of the conversation for helping the coachee reach where they want to be or have a better understanding of how to get there is so powerful. And if leaders, managers, you know, just people in higher positions, if they understand that perspective, organisations could could be taken to the next level you could say yeah great well ben anna thank you so much it's been fascinating and uh, for all the listeners we're going to put some links to the research so if they want to find out more about it um we'll do that and uh, look forward to any feedback to for anna and ben thank, thank you, you.